Welcome to the 5D Academy of Higher Consciousness. Gifts, blessings, and that existence showers us with it. And so we're going to start with that and see where everything goes. But before I do start to talk about this topic, I like to know if um, is anyone has anything to report. Uh, not a long story, but just anything to share with us as far as if there's been a transformation, if there's been a realization, something has happened and you have discovered something that you didn't know before and a shift in your consciousness, in, in your understanding of the meaning of life and the absolute. There anything anybody would like to share with me from our participants in the Zoom? Yeah, go ahead. I've understood and felt that uh, God is really with me, you know, all the time. And I feel that I, all my pains and aches have disappeared. And I've got so lot of energy, you know, and I walk so fast. <laughs> and I also feel that um, I've become more quiet. I'm even more deeper in my silence almost all the time. And I start looking at people and really see that they are not in they are not in their silence at all. They're kind of gray, you know. So it's kind of shift that people are struggling and they don't understand the silence. Right. Because right. I think that's become a little bit more distance, you know, between me and other people, some of them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Naturally, the more, the deeper you go in, in yourself, the more you, you're on this path of self-realization, the more distant you get with other people. And sometimes I feel that a little bit difficult because I really want them to understand what I've understood, you know, but they are not there at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so good luck with that. Sitting there and blah, 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 and I'm like, oh my God, I need to go home, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. But I will never go back, you know, so. Right. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Well, it's, there's, in a book from uh, Robert Anton Wilson, it's called Prometheus Rising. And then the book says, how do you expect fairness and decency on a planet of sleepy people? So how can you expect that a planet that majority of its inhabitants are in deep sleep, they're in coma, and their behavior is completely unconscious. The way they talk is unconscious. The way they think is unconscious. Their act, their acting is unconscious. And then on a planet like that, we expect decency and fairness. So such thing is almost impossible. And the deeper you go within your own psyche, the deeper you go into your own consciousness, the more you awaken, the more you re realize that you have separated yourself from the herd. One, one moment, sorry. My, just realize, okay, good. Okay. The more you realize you have separated yourself from the herd and what's interesting to other people, their jokes, the dramas, their accomplishments, their failures, uh, their sports, their celebrations, 
a lot of their stuff that majority of people are getting excited about on the on this planet, it it becomes unexciting to you, and uh, you don't find it interesting. So you get more separated and distant the deeper you're on this path until you find your family, your spiritual family. And that's why people re refuge to an ashram or they go to their spiritual teacher or they go to, you may call it cults or spiritual groups of they have, they share the same understanding. And that's why they get pulled in that direction because they have a hard time dealing with the, the people of the world, worldly people. And that basically happens to every single seeker who is on this path of awakening. And if they're sincere and they're really working on themselves sincerely, not being pretentious and going deeper, they start finding themselves isolated in some ways. But that's the way of it. That's the way it is. I'm not saying like you're not going to have friends or you're not going to tab into some communities or you're not going to have fun. You will find your your people eventually. But we're always in minority. We're a very small minority on this planet. That's the way it is. That's the design of this story. This story is designed to be in this way. So it's good to understand it. It's good to come to peace with it and terms. And of course, at times you have to protect your level of spirituality because you cannot always be very open about it for simple reason that you may be prosecuted. That's why so many poets like Rumi or Hafez or, or other mystics, they had to hide their spiritual message within the message of religion, or they had to hide it in poetry. So a lot of the poetry like of Rumi, it's hidden. And it's talking about the beloved, the lover and the beloved, but it's talking about himself and God, the love affair between him and his master and, and God. But he had to hide it in a poetry, otherwise he would be prosecuted because it wasn't religious. It was mysticism, and it's different. And even today, to a certain point, a lot of you who have families and your family, or they're not, they don't understand the path of liberation. They're not interested in awakening. The, the, the conversations at dinner table is the worldly conversations. It's about making money, investments, politics, what's going to happen to the world, what's going to happen to the climate of the world, and blah, 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 blah. Stuff that you may get very bored after 10, 15 minutes, or you may not even give a shit to talk about it. So, and then if you talk about your stuff, it's woo-woo to them. Or they may say, yeah, it's nice to meditate, but, but within limits. It's nice to be in spiritual stuff, but there's a limit to it, not to be lost in it because they just don't understand. They don't get it. They have no idea that God has taught you. The spirit is calling you and you're getting, you're going deeper and deeper. They have no idea. They're looking for objects. 
to them, you make more money or you're a good wife or you're a good husband or, or you do your duties as a citizen or, or you're going to war and get killed for your country or you pay your taxes on time or whatever. To them, the worldly mat matters are the highest, they bring the highest value. Most of it in today's world is if you're making more money, if you're successful financially, they value you more. They put you up on a pedestal. So the US dollar has replaced Jesus Christ. The US dollar has replaced the Buddha. The US dollar is what is being worshiped. So now we have replaced one false God, one statue of, of God with another statue of God. But it's the same thing. Nothing has happened. We're the same place we used to be. We have replaced the symbol of what we used to worship with a different symbol. And in the meantime, we kind of become comfortable with where we're at. We become comfortable with our technology, with the way we live, the way that our, the medical industry is working, the way our social system is working, and we become comfortable with everything. And then, like, and then we start nagging. We start complaining. You know, it would be good for society, for people to go and camp for a month, going camping, being somewhere without water, without electricity for a week or two in the nature. So you have to go fetch your own water from the river and you have to, you at night you have no electricity. So you either have candles or you have flashlight. There is, you don't have a proper toilet. You have to cook your food yourself because you don't have a refrigerator and you, you know, you're camping, you're, you are in the nature. And that's a lot of work. And it makes you become grateful for the simplicity and everything that we have in the modern world. Like you're in a nice apartment or an apartment or your home, and there's hot water at any moment you want. There's cold water. You can go open up the fridge and there's food in it. Anytime you want to eat something, there is something there. You don't have to do anything for it. You, you go sit in your car and you go for a drive and go buy food and come back. You turn on the light, there's electricity. You turn on the TV or your computer, there's entertainment. You turn on the radio, there's music. You can go somewhere dancing. You can go to a restaurant. You can go rent a boat and go for a trip. You can buy a ticket and go on a flight somewhere. Everything is available. COVID-19 as devastating as they say it was and limiting as it was, it also brought some gifts with it. It created a situation that you, we could not even do the very basic stuff. So all of a sudden, I mean, when in your life ever you thought before COVID-19 that there would be a day you can go to a restaurant with your friends and sit there and order food? I never thought about it a very basic thing, going to a restaurant or even you go to, I don't know, a fast food place or you go to a coffee shop to order a cup of coffee 
all of a sudden you had to wear a mask you had to be standing six feet away from other people and you have to be fearing other people and they're fearing you then when the doors opened up and you were able to sit first they allow you to eat outside you can sit at the restaurant outside then they allow you to go back and sit in a restaurant indoors and it was like wow it's amazing we were so happy to have very basic freedoms back and grateful in a way it was a good kick in the butt we needed our ass to be kicked to recognize that we're taking things for granted and we're not grateful and the mind is always yapping and complaining about things what about our medical industry and you fall down you break your hand or something or you hurt yourself you're you're taken to the emergency room and and you know they can fix it they put it back together and with a little bit of luck they won't screw up so or whatever you have a toothache you go to your dentist and they fix it you don't have to go through six months of pain like what it was 100 years ago 150 years ago things have changed but we don't notice it we don't pay attention to it we take it for granted simple things very things that are available today to us that we take for granted we don't even think about it and it's not even your fault or my fault because it's become so normal the ability to communicate cell phones which has sort of become an epidemic and they're turning to a disease in some ways but the fact that you can have a phone from age 12 11 8 eight year old nine year old can have their own phone and by just touching a screen they can contact their parents emergency room their school and you get older you can communicate with your friends family do whatever you want to do do your banking check out the weather get directions where to go listen to music out of a little box all of these conveniences that are available to us and we're enjoying without doing any hard work for it and we don't even pay attention to it it's like wow but we think we take it for granted we're not grateful for it and that's just a little part of the equation what about your body i mean you eat something and i'm talking about let's say the average person i'm not talking about if you were born with a disability or you develop a disability i'm not talking about if you know you had severe diabetes and they had to amputate your leg i'm talking about an average person who supposedly is healthy okay now from the time you eat something you you put a piece of vegetables or you put a piece of bread in your mouth and you chew it the whole the system this machine that you call it my body begins to its digestive uh process begins from the time you're chewing something there's digestive enzymes that are helping to digest the food from the time it starts going through your esophagus and goes to your stomach and then small intestine and large intestine and then it gets disposed you have nothing to do with it i mean your job is to choose the right food and chew it well 
your body will take care of everything else. You don't do anything for it. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that a gift? But do we ever think about it? That, wow, I eat something and I'm chewing it and then the body will do everything else. Isn't that amazing? Until that something happens and there is an issue. You have developed some health issue. There's pain. Whenever you eat, you get a stomach ache or something happens, you get bloated. Discomfort comes. Now you're paying attention to it. But prior to that, we don't pay any attention to it. How about the ability that you wake up in the morning and you get out of your bed and you're able to walk? You get out of the bed without any assistance, you are able to walk. You go in the bathroom, you brush your teeth, you shower, you clean up yourself, your eyes can see, your hands are working, your feet, your legs are working. No one has to help you. Isn't that a miracle? I, we don't pay any attention to it until we lose that ability. Then, you know, let's say if you're, you got in an accident and you broke your arm. Now you have to use one hand. And now you start to pay attention. What a blessing it is to have two hands, two arms. Or something happens to you, you're not able to walk. You know, you got in an accident, you were skiing, you were running, you sprained your ankle or you broke your ankle or you broke something happened, now you can't walk. And then you realize, oh my God, what a blessing it is to be able to walk. Simple things or to see or to look at the beauty. Like, you know, beauty is all over you in everywhere. Everywhere you look, you can find beauty. Everywhere you look, you can find ugliness. Beauty and ugliness, they're both here. So your focus can go on beauty and appreciate it. You walk out of your home. And a lot of times we don't pay attention to the trees, the flowers, the, the mountains, because we're used to seeing, looking at the same thing over and over again. But then you have a guest, someone come and visit you. And then they start seeing the beautiful vegetations in your backyard. And then they say, oh my God, look at that tree, which you haven't really paid attention to it. Because now somebody, somebody's bringing it to your attention and you're appreciating it and you're seeing it for the first time. And the, the list goes on and on. It continues. And the blessings, the gifts for most of us who have a home, we have a ceiling above our head. For most of us, that are not, aren't living in countries that are war. Uh, there's war in it. There's a revolution. There's massive poverty. Massive, it's filthy. They don't have sanitation. There's a lot of things are wrong. A lot of us, we, we have a lot of comfort, a lot of blessings, and we forget about it. So what do we do? We listen to the news and we're complaining or we're just not happy with what we have because it's not enough, or we just get into bitching about, oh yeah, my, my sister got more than I did when my dad died, she got the best of my dad, or I don't have a lover and my friends have a lover and I am lonely, or you know, we get into these EDBD stuff and focusing on these things that we think are very important. They are to a certain point, but then we're giving up 
the beauty of life, beauty of being alive, being here, being able to digest things, being able to be aware of things and process it, our focus goes from the gifts that we've been given, especially like the ability to love, to what I don't have. I should have had more. This is not good enough. I want more. Or my sister got more. My brother got more. I didn't get my part. Your foc we've, our focus goes on those things. And then we miss it. We keep missing it. We keep missing or we're living all the time in the past. Oh, it, yeah, it used to be so good in the past when there weren't less people or the economy was wet, better or blah, blah, blah. Or where I live, you know, there used to be a lot of fields of flowers and then they came and destroyed it and they built a, a shopping mall. You know, you're talking, you, you come across, either you're one of them or you come across people, family, friends, that they're always in the past or they're worried all the time about the future. It's always the past or the future. And they're not here. They miss this moment. And the juice of life, the beauty of life is here in this moment. And we somehow choose to miss it or it happens because we're so caught up into our past, the fears and things or regrets that I could have made a better decision or blah, 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 or we're so worried about the future. That is the nature of the mind. That's called mind fucking in a very common language. Excuse my language, but I just want to be clear about it. So the message is sent clearly, being stuck in our minds. Blah, 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 blah. Rather than being here. Here is where you are with your beloved, the beloved, the true love, her majesty, the supreme being. Well, I don't feel it, Zarathustra. I don't feel the beloved. Yeah, because you've ne you're never here. You think the beloved is an object. The beloved is not an object. It's presence. But first, you have to learn how to be here. Here is complete. Here is total. Here is where the juice is. And here, yes, something can go wrong too. If there is such a thing, you can have pain when you're here. Or you can be in sorrow when you're here. But here is the only place with God. So as we are shifting, we're transforming, we're expanding our mind, we are leaving the primitive mind behind, and we're advancing in the fifth dimension. We are trans, trans, it's a trans, it's a, it's a um, shift into the fifth dimensional consciousness. Again, fifth dimension is not an object, it's not a place. As this shift, great shift is happening, we're also starting to discover the beauty and the power and, and everything that exists in here and now, in this place where we're at. And we're starting to learn that it's not somewhere else. It's not next five years or next year or next day. It's here. Here is the only place. People ask me, like, what is it going to be like when I shift into fifth dimension? They think fifth dimension is an object. It's a, it's a place. It's not a place. It's not an object. 
It's just a shift in your consciousness. It's an, the realization of something, of a dimension, of a state, which is here always, not somewhere else. So being grateful, being grateful for your family, for your friends, even your enemy, you can be grateful. Being grateful for our ability to give love and to receive love. There's so much to be grateful for. Yet, yes, I understand during the daily life, things may get redundant or appear to be that way and the mind complains. But my job is to, become, to be aware of the yapping that the mind does because the mind cannot be happy. Or when it's happy, it's only for a few moments. But when I sit and I'm comfortable, I'm quiet, I'm here, and I just look and I see I have everything. God has given me everything. But if I want to complain, to compare myself to one of my wealthy friends, oh, or some other people, or some actor, actress, athlete, or anyone, yeah, there's a lot missing because someone else may, it appears to have more than I have. But that's also a concept. It is true they have maybe more, but there is nothing, nothing such as he's got more than I do. Because the point is, am I happy with what I have? Am I content with who I am, where I am, and what I've got? And I have met people that have come to that place. I have been lucky to meet a few people that they're perfectly content with who they are and what they got. And it's interesting. It's great to see these people, especially in Mexico. You see a lot of Mexican people. They're just happy. They have very little but they're happy. They're playing music. They're kind of dancing. They're very happy with very little. It's amazing. They're such great teachers for me, teaching me that this just a happy bunch with very little. Here I got a message. Okay. Hi, Zaratustra. You mentioned before that God does not need us and that we are never co-creating with God. Would you say, however, that God needs us for the purpose to love because God is love and we are love? Uh, that's an interesting question. So give me a moment to answer this question intelligently and not just blah, blah, blind. God, does God need us? To my understanding, no. But it's not us and God. I understand where this question comes from because this question comes from a place of separation one moment please with god this is yes i understand because it's still this question says uh you have mentioned before that god does not need us that and that we are never co-creating with god would you say however that god needs us for the purpose to love because god is love and we are love well the answer is yes this if this makes sense when you are asking this question from separation, but when you have dissolved into the oneness and you know there is no two, two, then that question doesn't rise. So it's not a question between God and us because we're not, there's no separation. We are, we are that. I don't know if this makes sense to you, my dear friend, or not but we are that 
There's never been a separation. There's only the illusion of separation. It appears that we are separated. It appears that we are trying to get to that place. It only appears to be that way. It looks like it. we're striving and trying to doing spiritual practice to reach God's consciousness. But when you reach God's consciousness, you realize that you've never left it. You were never separated. So this is just depends where you're at. The presence is always here. We are just forms and images that we appear in this empty space. We appear in it and we disappear in it. But the space remains here. Means God is always here. And these images appear and disappear. The presence that is always here doesn't care that we appear in it and we disappear in it. And it doesn't need us or not need us. We just appear and we disappear. But our true essence is always here. That which we all, we all are, which is God, is always here. It doesn't come and it doesn't go. It's our ego. It's the sense of I am separated. I am important. I am someone special, which we all feel that because I have gone through that. It's the ego which likes to make something special out of its own, its own existence that God needs me to co-create. But that ego, that sense of I am separated, it's only a sense. It doesn't e exist. It's only, it's a false illusion. It's non-existing. In more advanced way of, of working, I teach my more advanced students. Not everybody can get it. But those who are more advanced, more serious, and more con uh, committed is we learn certain exercises to sever the connection between the I and the object that the I is thinking about. And in, that, in these practices, eventually what happens is you can, when you do it regularly, I really like Jonathan. I really like that tree. I don't like tropical weather. I don't like cold weather. So there's a me, there's an I that likes things or doesn't like things. I am hurt. My feelings are hurt. I'm afraid of what's going to happen in the future, Zarathustra. So there's this I. So if you sever its connection with the object it's attaching itself to, and you be redone, you really stick to it. The I that rises, that only knows its existence through connecting to another object, this me, this feeling, this thinking of me, starts to lose its existence because it cannot hang in there on its own if it cannot connect itself to another object and falls back into its source. Means Eventually, if you're on it, you come to silence and there is no I. There is existence, but then no one's claiming it. And that's where you have become liberated. But there is no more of a you to say I'm liberated. That even dissolves. But don't bother yourself to figure these things out because it gets very mindy. The best gift that the teacher or an awakened being, someone 
that is on the path, someone who has reached the place, somebody who has reached the peaks, the heights of Himalaya, Mount Everest, the best gift that that person can give to others is not the words, it's not technique, it's not speaking, it's not jumping jacks, is to be quiet. Even though the spiritual seeker wants techniques, even though the spiritual seeker wants to do exercises, but it's not that. Silence is the best guru. Silence is where the transmission takes place, to be quiet, to sit in silence with your teacher, to sit in silence in the nature, to sit in silence in your apartment, to sit in silence by yourself, stay away from the noise, blah, 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 crowd, disturbing voices, disturbing sounds, too much, too many people, isolate yourself, let silence takes over, because you fall in love with it, because a form of making love starts to happen, you begin to make love to your beloved, the self, the holy self, and there is a bliss, a juice, a love that appears in your life, which is beyond anything else, beyond any physical form, something starts to take over, something much deeper, something of value, something real, because this something doesn't come and doesn't go. It's always here. There has been another question came in. Uh, do we have an individual soul slash life purpose? Well, there is no individual. So we just leave it like that. There is no individual separated from the source. So any kind of anything else after that is only an appearance. So what appears to be a life purpose, yes, within the apparent life. There is the apparent life, there is the relative reality, and there is the absolute reality. The absolute reality is there is only one. So there are no individuals. Individuals appear to be in the oneness. While they appear to be in the oneness, yes, they got this life purpose. They appear to be going their own way, but their power source is the same. I'm going to put this in this way. So maybe this makes sense. You all have electricity at your home, yes? And electricity can power your computer. It can power your phone, your refrigerator, your lights, your heater, your air conditioning, your car that you drive, your toaster, your oven. All these appliances are being powered by electricity. So there's only one electricity. That electricity also goes to your neighbor's home. It goes to your mom's, dad's, your lover, your enemy. That electricity goes to the president's home, prime minister. It's one electricity that powers all these appliances for everyone. The appliances appear to have a different function, but their power source is from electricity. Without electricity, none of these appliances are working. They become worthless. So there's only one soul, and that's Her Majesty, Lord God, the Supreme Soul. That Supreme Soul is the one that gives every individual being power. 
without the supreme soul, none of these units are functional. So there is no individual unit capable of making its own decisions because it's not independent. There is no independent human being on this planet. I looked all over. I looked at all 7 billion and I didn't find one. I recommend you do the same thing. Try to find an individual person capable of powering their own source on their own and see what happens. Because such thing just doesn't exist. It's non-existing. Right. Well, thank you very much for joining me in this academy. It's a pleasure to have you. It's nice to see you all. Just know one thing. Um, the best, one of the best practices you can do is to develop a attitude of indifference. Be indifferent to results. Yes, you're striving to make something happen, but, but be indifferent into the results, whether it goes your way or not. If it goes your way, you're very happy. If it doesn't go your way, you're, you are very happy. Try to develop this inside yourself that the results of an event would not affect your state, whether it goes your way and or it doesn't go your way. It doesn't add or take away of who you are. You remain the same. Then you become really chilled with whatever happens because whatever happens, it's God's will. I surrender to Her Majesty. Do whatever you want to do with me because I know you're feeding me and you're taking care of me. And, I'm, and I surrender. Now, whatever comes, I'm okay with it. And something comes, maybe creates discomfort. I'm not, it's not going to be peaches and cream all the time. It may create discomfort, but I'm okay with it because I know it's you doing it. And you develop this habit and attitude and the quality of your life is going to change. You're no longer going to be disappointed in life. Nothing can disappoint you any longer. And if you can't be disappointed, you cannot suffer. So you have alleviated suffering because all suffering happen in the mind first. Physically, you can suffer. I understand that. But the mental suffering is way more greater. And that's what we've been going through, mental suffering. And long time ago, I realized I don't like to suffer. So I geared up myself in the beginning to manipulate everything to go my way so I don't suffer. And that did not work. Then I realized if I surrender to what is, and I'm okay with outcomes of life, then it would be impossible for me to suffer. It always brings me back into my heart. It always brings me back to the love of the self because the love of the self is here and you possess it. It's yours. You are the source of it. You're the fountain of the love of the self. It's not an individual thing. It's beyond an individual. And that's what makes it juicy because it's not limited and conditional. It's your inheritance. You have inherited that. And if you open yourself to recognize it, you open up yourself 
to its possibility and potentials and start to recognize it, then your life becomes very, very juicy and colorful, regardless of things go your way or not. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine things don't go your way and you're still satisfied and happy? Can you imagine that? Because all of our lives, we're trying to make and manipulate things to go our way. And when they do go our way, we're happy. And when they don't, we're miserable. Now let's go beyond that. Let's just be okay with everything. Nice seeing you all. I love you. We meet next Wednesday. Thank you very much for being with me. Thank you for your comments, your love, your attention. I really appreciate it. My website is zaratustra.tv. My email is info at zaratustra.tv. And my social media pages are Zaratustra 5D. Uh, last week, I have opened up enrollment for two or three uh, students who want to have a private training program with me. And I call it live training program. And it could be online or partially it could be coming here and staying with me in Tulum. So if you're interested, contact me and we'll talk about it. Uh, and we go from there. I look forward to seeing you next week. Namaste.